Chapter 21 of There's Laughter in the Air, Radio's Top Comedians and Their Best Shows. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ariane Stein. There's Laughter in the Air, Radio's Top Comedians and Their Best Shows by Jack Gaver and Dave Stanley. Chapter 21 Raymond Knight. For eight years, from 1930 to 1938, Raymond Knight did a radio variety show for NBC called The Cuckoo Hour. It left no visible marks on him, which makes it unnecessary to offer further proof here that he is a man of a great resiliency. Knight prepared for radio the hard way. He soaked himself in education until it ran out of his ears. He earned an LLB at Boston University and took postgraduate courses at Harvard and Yale. At the latter academy, he studied scenic design and playwriting in Professor George Baker's famous 47 workshop. Then he made the considerable leap into radio comedy, doing it so successfully that Groucho Marx once called him the best comedian on the air. The New York World Telegram's nationwide poll of radio editors in 1932 selected Knight as the number one radio wit in the United States. Raymond Knight is a native of Salem, Massachusetts. He is six foot three and big framed, and he needed both robustness of body and mind to cope with the famous cuckoo hour. Sometimes sponsored, sometimes sustaining, sometimes 30 minutes long, at other times 15. This program was practically a national institution in the opinion of millions of listeners. It and Knight practically grew up with radio comedy, and he had no little to do with this growth. Both as writer and performer, he brought to it a refreshing light touch and a sense of the ridiculous. His technique for writing this milestone in the history of airwaves humor was deceptively simple. He'd just put a clean sheet of paper in the typewriter and start pounding away. After filling 20 pages, he stopped. However, there was one drawback. It took him 9 to 14 hours to complete the 20 pages. Usually, I would start with a phrase or a snatch of dialogue on some topic, Knight recalls. I didn't write gags, and I didn't have any gag files, so I had to depend on my own imagination. Satire was his fort. When the cuckoo hour started on January 1st, 1930, Knight turned it into what might be regarded as an anti-radio program. He poked fun at those who broadcast setting up exercises. He badgered women commentators, radio orators, and symphonic music programs. He referred to the latter as music depreciation. But almost any subject was fodder for his typewriter. He cut loose on Hollywood, rodeos, books, advice to the lovelorn sages, and on any commonplace event that seemed to him to have a humorous or ridiculous angle. One of his most amusing programs was given in August, 1933. The heat spell was getting everybody down, he says. To give you an idea, it was 96 degrees, in the shade. Suddenly, I got an angle. People want to feel cool, huh? Okay. I sat down and wrote a script about a winter sports carnival. It was all about ski races and bobsled competitions. Even brought down a ski champ from Dartmouth to speak. Almost every fourth word in the script was snow. During this broadcast, 
Knight would keep interrupting to inquire, are you any cooler? Knight has the pleurisy to thank for getting interested in radio. Up to then, I thought it was like an erector set, kid stuff, he admits. He came down with pleurisy in 1928, and during his convalescence, a friend brought him a radio. Ray had it on for four to six hours a day, and I became a hot radio fan. When he had recovered, he braced NBC about a writing job and got it. But it wasn't much of a job. Hack work. Guest star interviews, public service programs, news bulletins. One day, Bertha Brainerd of NBC, who had a reputation for spotting writers, sent a memo for Ray to see her. We have a 30-minute spot open in the afternoon, she told him. How about writing us a comedy program? What kind of a program? Knight managed to blurt out after partially recovering from the shock. Something zany, something cuckoo. And that is how it began. Knight wrote himself into his script as Ambrose J. Weems, the voice of the diaphragm. Later, he came out from behind his shield and admitted his responsibility. Knight drew on his playwriting studies to help him with the program. That was why he had able characterizations and situations that had some foundation to them. The element of conflict that is so important to stage writing was also used in his scripts. He has this to say of the matter. In studying playwriting, I learned to develop a complicated comedy situation. You've heard of pulp writers who can take an ashtray and fashion a weird plot around it. Well, my playwriting background worked that way. Beginning with a line of dialogue, I was able to build an entire script. Knight is still a playwright at heart. He once wrote a one-act play called Strings that won the 1927 award of the Drama League of America. Every once in a while, he'll sit down and write plays. He has not been discouraged by failure to have any resounding success at it so far. One that he wrote, Run Sheep Run, had a three-week engagement on Broadway. Cold Storage attracted an option but no productions so far, and Mr. Smith received some summer theater productions. These he wrote when he shoved aside all radio work, and in 1938 retired for almost three years to a rustic house on Lake Champlain. When the simple life had palled sufficiently, Knight returned to New York in 1941 to write for NBC. He did a comedy program known as A House in the Country, built around the experiences of a city family transplanted to a rural area. He drew on his own experiences for much of the material. One program was not to keep him busy, so he also took on the jobs of writing programs called The Three R's and Gibbs and Finney. In 1943, he joined the Blue Network in an executive capacity, overseeing all programs. He resigned 13 months later to direct Ed Wynn's Happy Island show for the Young and Rubicam Agency. Knight is warm, easy to talk to, and doesn't put on airs. He has an excellent, youthful voice that doesn't quite match his 45 years. One day, as he was striding down an NBC corridor, he passed two high school girls. A page nabbed him in front of them, saying, Telephone, Mr. Knight. The girls were still there when he had finished with the phone, and, with youthful directness, one of them informed him, Gee, Mr. Knight, you're not as good-looking as your voice. Knight concurs in the general conception of comedy writing held by the profession. Comedy is a serious business, he says. End of chapter 21 End of There's Laughter in the Air 
Radio's Top Comedians and Their Best Shows by Jack Gaver and Dave Stanley.